0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And we have what I think is a fascinating story for you today. On your screen is an article from The Verge entitled, Facebook's Trump ban can stay in place, says Oversight Board. The board took up the decision after January's Capitol riot. Of course, the riots that occurred on January 6th here in the United States. Now you might already note, if you clicked on this video and you see on my thumbnail that I talk about the fact that the board ruled against Facebook, that this is in fact framed in The Verge and in other places on the internet as the board ruling for Facebook. Like so many legal or legal adjacent opinions, the board actually did both things at once. And though you'll see it framed in this capacity in The Verge and other places, I actually think the part where the board acted against Facebook is by far the most interesting and by far the more valuable for people other than the ex-president of the United States. So whether you love him or you hate him, this Trump story and what Facebook did could have significant ramifications, both on your use on Facebook, as well as your use of other social media sites where Facebook might act as a bellwether so what happened here let's talk about it now Facebook is no stranger to virtual legality we've done a lot of talking about various big technology companies such as Google and Facebook and Twitter and Twitch and everybody else and certainly Facebook has as part of its terms of service as part of its community guidelines certain ambiguities that allow it to act in an arbitrary or capricious manner which is the same across all these companies that's why we talk about them in virtual legality But last year, Facebook decided that it wanted to do something very different for the modern era, and that was to essentially pay for what they call an oversight board that it could turn its more controversial decisions over to for advice. And as we talked about in a video that we went over the oversight board, I called it Facebook offloads the blame because the entire structure of this thing was to allow Facebook to hand it off and say, hey, somebody else has signed off on what we did, has looked at this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Or as the New York Times wound up saying last May, in November of 2018, recognizing that no company should settle these issues alone, Facebook committed to creating an independent oversight body that will review Facebook's decisions about what content to take down or leave up. They also then talked about the guarantee of their independent judgment because it's funded by an independent trust, That is independent of facebook and cannot be revoked and through the founding bylaws of the board facebook has committed to carrying out our decisions even though it may at times disagree unless doing so would violate the law and facebook ceo mark zuckerberg has also personally committed to this arrangement In the video from last year, we talked about how that probably isn't as tight of a commitment as you could otherwise make under the law, but that's fine. Facebook is allowed, as a private company, to do what it likes on these things, and the Oversight Board served a useful purpose for them in terms of giving them cover for what were to be controversial decisions, not the least of which was banning the then President of the United States on January 6th and January 7th for things that he said in connection with, or more specifically, at the time of the actions in Washington, D.C. So if you don't know what happened, they'll talk about it a little bit in this formal oversight board report. We're not actually going to get into the politics of it that much because I think it's a little bit distracting to what we are going to talk about, which is how terms of use and arbitrary ambiguities that are built into those terms of use for your interactions with social media might well have another avenue of attack as offered by the Oversight Board and actually international law standards. So let's see what they had to say. First, we'll start with the summary. Then they go over a very long form description of the events, which we're not going to go over in great detail, but also has some nuggets of wisdom to pull out that we can talk about as part of this video. The board has upheld Facebook's decision on January 7th, 2021 to restrict then President Donald Trump's access to posting content on his Facebook page and Instagram account. Obviously, they want that to be up front. That's the most important thing they want to say. That's what was picked up in a number of internet outlets. Nothing wrong with that. However, it was not appropriate for Facebook to impose the indeterminate and standardless penalty of indefinite suspension. Facebook's normal penalties include removing the violating content, imposing a time-bound period of suspension, or permanently disabling the page and account. They are not allowed to use an indefinite suspension according to their own oversight board. And that's regardless of what the terms of service says, as we will see when we look at those terms of service. Facebook's normal penalties, as they describe them, is imposing a time-bound period, something with an actual limit, disabling everything, or removing the violating content. The board insists that Facebook review this matter to determine and justify a proportionate response that is consistent with the rules that are applied to other users of its platform. Facebook must complete its review of this matter within six months. And there's the rubber hitting the road, right? One of the things that is very interesting here is, as I described it, the oversight board is designed to give cover to Facebook when in other areas of the law or other regulatory environments, you had someone come out and say, an indefinite suspension, that can't work. You have to actually put a time frame on it. And then, hey, you have six months from now to decide when that will be putting you in November. So better part of a year that you can have this kind of indefinite suspension quality before you have to answer to us. And Facebook may or may not answer to the oversight board at that point in time. Their commitments are relatively weak from a legal structure standpoint. So the oversight board has said a few things here, all of which are important. But what's most important from my perspective is this notion that according to their own board, Facebook can't actually use the terms of service as they wrote them out to be. So let's talk about how it gets there. First, about the case. Elections are a crucial part of democracy. On January 6, 2021, during the counting of the 2020 electoral votes, a mob forcibly entered the Capitol building in Washington D.C. At 4:21 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Mr. Trump posted a video on Facebook and Instagram that said among other things what this particular board and Facebook was concerned about. We love you, you're very special. And then in a follow-up post at 6.07, these are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously, viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly, unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love and peace. Remember this day forever. Just so we're clear, YouTube, I'm saying these things to quote a newsworthy event. Please don't ban this just because. Now, those are the actual quotes that were put up. This is what Facebook decided to pull down as happening during the actual events in Washington and violating certain of their policies. Most specifically, their dangerous individuals and organizations policies, which if you go over here to the Facebook community standard says, bad folks are organizations or individuals involved with, among other things, the following organized violence or criminal activity. Now, nobody's accusing the president of being directly involved in the organized violence or criminal activity. But if you scroll a little bit further down this page, you see that as part of this policy, Facebook says, we do not allow content that praises any of the above organizations or individuals or any acts committed by them. So they pull this language out of these posts and say, when you say we love you, you're very special. When you call them great patriots, when you say remember this day forever, you are supporting them in a fashion that's a violation of our dangerous individuals and organizations standard. On January 7th, after further reviewing Mr. Trump's posts, his recent communications off Facebook and additional information about the severity of the violence at the Capitol, Facebook extended the block, as they say, indefinitely, and for at least the next two weeks until the peaceful transition of power is complete. On January 21st, Facebook announced it had referred this case to the board. Facebook asked whether it correctly decided on January 7th to prohibit Mr. Trump's access to posting content on Facebook and Instagram for an indefinite amount of time. The board has two key findings. One, The board finds that the two posts by Mr. Trump on January 6th severely violated Facebook's community standards and Instagram's community guidelines. We love you, you're very special, and great patriots and remember this day forever. In the second post, violated Facebook's rules prohibiting praise or support of people engaged in violence. And you can argue that point if you are so inclined. We're not in this video to really argue the specifics of that particular We are going to talk about it a little bit later as the board finds that the rest of the language used in those messages about going home and that kind of thing they found to be unsatisfactory in terms of limiting the capacity for violence. And I do think different folks can read those things in different ways, but I also think that Facebook can read it the way that they read and the oversight board is probably correct to not second guess that opinion from what is a private actor trying to enforce its rules on its own system. In this next paragraph, you get that same commentary about indefinite suspensions, however. The board found that, in maintaining an unfounded narrative of electoral fraud and persistent calls to action, Mr. Trump created an environment where a serious risk of violence was possible. At the time of Mr. Trump's post, there was a clear immediate risk of harm, and his words of support for those involved in the riots legitimized their violent actions. Given the seriousness of the violations and the ongoing risk of violence, Facebook was justified in suspending Mr. Trump's accounts on January 6th and extending that suspension on January 7th. So apologies, we haven't gotten to the indefinite suspension part yet, but this is, again, the board backing up a very specific set of circumstances here, that the language that they actually put out here doesn't appear to the naked eye to actually be an incitement to violence. Maybe not even something that violates Facebook's rules specifically, but that the context of it actually having an ongoing effect of an event at that point in time and not just being before it or after it helped make their case as to why Facebook might otherwise be justified. But even though they were justified in the suspension, as you see reported across the internet, they weren't justified in actually having it be of indefinite duration. As the board continues, however, it was not appropriate for Facebook to impose an indefinite suspension. It is not permissible for Facebook to keep a user off the platform for an undefined period with no criteria for when or whether the account will be restored. Let's take a step back. We're talking about Trump. A lot of people have a lot of thoughts about Trump. A lot of people have a lot of negative thoughts. A lot of people have a lot of positive thoughts. This isn't a decision that is limited to the ex-president of the United States. This sentence is absolute. It is not permissible for Facebook to keep a user off the platform for an undefined period with no criteria for when or whether the account will be restored. Definite periods only, whatever the criteria is, could be time-based, could be other-based, has to be stated by Facebook according to its own oversight board. And with statements like this, one of the things we are going to find out is just exactly how much Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook are willing to follow the advice and recommendations of this oversight board when I suspect this kind of language here that would significantly curtail what Facebook believes is a breadth of rights and penalty possibilities it has under the contracts that it wrote for itself, if they will follow this, is going to be an open question. In applying this penalty, Facebook did not follow a clear published procedure. Indefinite suspensions are not described in the company's content policies. Facebook's normal penalties include removing the violating content, imposing a time-bound period of suspension, or permanently disabling the page and account. Now, note the angle that the Oversight Board takes here is Facebook has never talked about indefinite suspensions before. Now, in their actual terms of service, as we've talked about in this space, They don't limit their suspension possibilities to any kind of restrictions on time or otherwise. They say, if we determine that you have clearly, seriously, or repeatedly breached our terms or policies, including in particular our community standards, we may suspend or permanently disable access to your account. And doesn't really specify that suspensions have to be of a specific length of time that we have to tell you about anything related to those suspensions. Outside of an oversight board, outside of international law outside of maybe social media companies and in other contractual frameworks, this kind of language, read as a lawyer does, like I do, would say, hey, we can suspend for whatever we want. We can do it temporarily. We can do it on a time basis. We saw this with Amazon Web Services and Parler, where they had the right to suspend and they did it. And then it was whenever we feel like bringing you back, if we feel like bringing you back. And here, because of the nature of what Facebook has created, because of Facebook's position that they represent an important freedom of speech and expression avenue that should have these kinds of rules imposed upon it, they now have, in black and white, in writing, a statement from their own paid-for board that says, you can't do this on an indefinite level. Now, you could potentially write something differently. This paragraph talks about the fact that you don't have internal policies about this. Maybe if they had had a handbook that says, here's when indefinite suspensions are imposed, here's why they're imposed, then the oversight board might be satisfied. That might be a direction that Facebook goes. But overall, this is very broad language for a very specific set of events. We haven't had a January 6th style event in the United States in quite some time. And it's unlikely, hopefully, God willing, that we will have one anytime in the near future. So looking at this, You have this applied to a very specific set of facts and circumstances broadly to basically every user on the platform. It is Facebook's role to create necessary and proportionate penalties that respond to severe violations of its content policies. In applying a vague, standardless penalty and then referring this case to the board to resolve, Facebook seeks to avoid its responsibilities. The board declines Facebook's request And insists that Facebook apply and justify a defined penalty. Now that's a heck of a paragraph. And there's a couple of things that could be going on here. The oversight board could be legitimately upset that Facebook took this highly controversial, very political decision and said, yo, oversight board, could you verify this for us? We want to make sure it checks out. And the board says, we're not designed here to give you justification for what your decisions are. We're here to help establish whether or not they followed consistent parameters, international law, regimes, and those kinds of things. You just saying indefinite until we're done with it puts that onus on us. We're not happy with it. And so you have to go make the decision, Facebook, and then maybe come back to us. That could be one reading. The other reading is that the Oversight Board has had publicity like Virtual Legality put out there, like I put out there that says, well, this is clearly a setup that is designed To help facebook take the controversial steps it wants to take and then have a third party sign off on it bless it validate it whatever you want to call it and the oversight board is using this particular circumstance to try to demonstrate that it isn't just a rubber stamp for facebook in a way that they think that facebook might otherwise already be okay with and it's hard to tell certainly this is much much stronger language than i would have expected from the oversight board really at any point in time, and if this is legitimate and is absolutely upset about Facebook and what they've done here, then I'm all for it, and I think the Oversight Board could actually serve some kind of useful purpose, not just for Facebook, but for discussions about social media in general. The Oversight Board's decision. As Facebook suspended Mr. Trump's accounts indefinitely, the company must reassess this penalty. Within six months of the decision, Facebook must re-examine the arbitrary penalty. It must be consistent with Facebook's rules for severe violations, which must in turn be clear, necessary, and proportionate. We don't feel that Facebook's procedures on rules for severe violations is terribly clear, not just to ex-presidents of the United States, but to the everyday user that seeks to use the platform. You're going to have to correct this, Facebook, especially if you want to make us happy. While the same rules should apply to all users, context matters when assessing the probability and imminence of harm. When posts by influential users pose a high probability of imminent harm, Facebook should act quickly to enforce its rules. Although Facebook explained that it did not apply its newsworthiness allowance in this case, the board called on Facebook to address widespread confusion about how decisions relating to influential users are made. The board stressed that consideration of newsworthiness should not take priority when urgent action is needed to prevent significant harm. And you get here into the muddy middle. Right, Facebook has a newsworthiness rule that says basically if it's newsworthy, you can otherwise come up to the line, if not cross certain lines with respect to their terms of service and community guidelines, but they apply it in a manner that's ambiguous, arbitrary, and capricious, depending on what direction you're coming from. And the board says, yeah, newsworthiness doesn't beat imminence of violence or harm, so you need to take that into account, and you need to establish rules, as they say here. Facebook should publicly explain the rules that it uses when it imposes account level sanctions against influential users. These rules should ensure that when Facebook imposes a time-limited suspension on the account of an influential user to reduce the risk of significant harm, it will assess whether the risk has receded before the suspension ends. Note what they've put into that sentence directly. We've said above, indefinite suspensions are out. So we're going to describe this suspension, which can only be time limited under our rules. And we're going to say time limited again to really hammer home the point that your suspensions have to be limited in time. Now, do they actually have to be limited in time? Not so much. Let's see the next sentence. If Facebook identifies that the user poses a serious risk of inciting imminent violence, discrimination, or other lawless action at that time, when the period would end, another time-bound suspension should be imposed when such measures are necessary to protect public safety and proportionate to the risks. So the Oversight Board has some strong language here, no indefinite suspensions, but they also point to the fact that Facebook didn't have the proper rules and procedures internally, didn't properly convey what a suspension might look like, how it would operate in their terms of service, and then Facebook can reserve the right to just keep suspending someone on their own recognizance if they feel like it. So this is important, this is useful, this is interesting, and Facebook still has four or five different loopholes they can drive through should they choose to do so. Now we get a lot of other kind of policy prescriptions, a lot of other recommendations, a lot of descriptions coming from the president's offices as to what he said, from the Facebook side as to what they did. We see references to the dangerous individuals and organizations policy. We see references to the terms of service that we've already looked at. And then we get into a very interesting place. Because as we've talked about in virtual legality, Facebook's a private company. Under United States law, that basically gives them a whole host of rights to moderate their site as they see fit. They are speakers for purposes of American law, and they can decide what they post on their platform and what they control from user-generated content as well. Connecting with that, CDA 230 often talked about about on the internet protects them from taking certain moderating decisions that they would otherwise like to take and prevents them from having liability for taking down things that might otherwise run afoul of the First Amendment in respect of those users. And so it's interesting that Facebook has decided to essentially expand its potential limitations and restrictions by charging the Oversight Board with enforcing international law and human rights standards. On March 16, 2021, Facebook announced its corporate human rights policy where it commemorated its commitment to respecting rights in accordance with the UN guiding principles on business and human rights, what this document refers to as the UN GPS. And we'll see that come to the fore as we scroll through another 25 pages of material that really just talks about how the board came to its decision, including this reference here to the fact that the language used by the president was particularly problematic from Facebook's perspective because it was happening at the time that the action in Washington, D.C. was happening. And so the board found that to be a significant kind of separator. And then we get back to this international law concept. The board's decisions do not concern... The human rights obligations of states or application of national laws. We're not talking about governments. But focus on Facebook's content policies, its values, and its human rights responsibilities as a business. The UN guiding principles on business and human rights, which Facebook has endorsed, establish what businesses should do on a voluntary basis to meet these responsibilities. As Facebook has become a virtually indispensable medium for political discourse, certainly according to the Facebook Oversight Board, and especially so in election periods, it has a responsibility both to allow political expression and to avoid serious risks to other human rights. Certainly human rights that are involved in violence, but also human rights that are involved in freedom of expression and freedom of speech. That's where you'll start to see this proportionality concept kick in. Facebook's decision to suspend Mr. Trump's Facebook page and Instagram account has freedom of expression implications, not only for Mr. Trump, but also for the rights of people to hear from political leaders whether they support them or not. Maybe you hate President Trump and you want to know exactly what that devil is saying. Facebook cutting him off prevents you from knowing a little bit more about what he might say or want to communicate to the people. That's a perfectly valid kind of stance. And certainly it applies to people that want to hear what he has to say because they love him and want to support him. International law allows for expression to be limited when certain conditions are met. Any restrictions must meet three requirements. Rules must be clear and accessible. They must be designed for a legitimate aim, and, then, and they must be necessary and proportionate to the risk of harm. Then the board kind of takes a side road here and says, First Amendment principles also insist that the restrictions on freedom of speech imposed through state action may not be vague, must be for important governmental reasons, and must be narrowly tailored to the risk of harm. That means absolutely nothing uh, in respect of Facebook. Uh, Facebook can certainly try to abide by the spirit of the First Amendment, but as I've noted here in red, through state actions doing a lot of heavy lifting for the First Amendment, First Amendment doesn't control the actions of corporations. In international law on freedom of expression, the principle of legality requires that any rule used to limit expression is clear and accessible. People must be able to understand what is allowed and what is not allowed. The clarity of the standard against praise and support of dangerous individuals and organizations leaves much to be desired as the board noted in a prior decision. That this particular standard and a lot of Facebook's community standards and a lot of social media's community standards in general, very vague, designed to allow these bodies to take the actions that they want to take for whatever particular situation they find themselves in. That said, the board doesn't buy that vagueness argument in respect of this particular issue. Any vagueness under the terms of the standard does not render its application to the circumstances of this case doubtful. The January 6th riot at the Capitol fell squarely within the types of harmful events set out in Facebook's policy, organized violence or crime. And so if you say something that is in support of that, then Facebook probably has a pretty easy way to navigate its terms of service and its community guidelines. But... Facebook's imposition of an indefinite restriction is vague and uncertain. Indefinite restrictions are not described in the community standards, and it is unclear what standards would trigger this penalty or what standards will be employed to maintain or remove it. So the Oversight Board tells Facebook, okay, we've got a problem with it under indefinite law. We've got a problem with it under your current internal policy procedures. And we've got a problem with it because we read these terms of service, and we don't see the word indefinite. We don't see any description of what that might look like. We don't see any description anywhere about what you can do under a section like account suspension or termination. One of the things Facebook might do is they might say, all right, we're going to change our terms of service. We're going to define exactly what an indefinite suspension looks like when in, again, terms that we agree to uh, says something along the lines of when Facebook finds it to be so severe as to do whatever, we can impose an indefinite suspension. Would that make the oversight board happy? I don't know. Not in the long term, probably, but certainly in the short term, it might look like Facebook is trying to answer some of the questions raised here. Facebook provided no information or any prior imposition of indefinite suspensions in any other cases. That's kind of a surprise, actually, to me that Facebook hasn't imposed an indefinite suspension in any other case, or I guess more specifically that they hadn't provided evidence of doing it, which you would think they would do if they were trying to win this board over on this particular question. The board rejects Facebook's request for it to endorse indefinite restrictions imposed and lifted without clear criteria. Appropriate limits on discretionary powers are crucial to distinguish the legitimate use of discretion from possible scenarios around the world in which Facebook may unduly silence speech not linked to harm or delay action critical to protecting people. We will not allow the imposition of indefinite restrictions. Now, you might not have to listen to us, depending on how the Oversight Board is actually treated, but as far as we're concerned, they violate international norms. The board believes that where possible, Facebook should use less restrictive measures to address potentially harmful speech and protect the rights of others before resorting to content removal and account restriction. And then they say, as I said before, as part of this video that they talk about the Trump Uh, videos and tweets and messages and says, although the messages included a seemingly perfunctory call for people to act peacefully, this was insufficient to diffuse the tensions and remove the risk of harm that his supporting statements contributed to, where you can get into a philosophical question if you're not talking about Facebook's rights and contract provisions that says, well, what is the determination of perfunctory calls? When is it the responsibility of the speaker versus the responsibility of the people? And you can get into all these various issues. Like I said, I don't find that particular discussion of what is a very specific, very unique event as interesting as the broad and far-reaching implications of what the board says here today. And then I think we're just about done. Facebook did not follow a clear published procedure. As we talked about, Facebook's normal account level penalties for violations are to impose a time-limited suspension or permanently disable the account. The board finds that it is not permissible for Facebook to keep a user off the platform for an undefined period with no criteria for when or whether the account will be restored. And here we see another of the loophole options that Facebook has. Okay, you can permanently disable the user's account. That's in your procedures. So maybe they just block them forever. And that would be okay. That would be better from the oversight board's perspective than this kind of limbo of being indefinitely suspended and not knowing exactly when Facebook might otherwise restore your rights on their platform in applying an indeterminate and standardless penalty and then referring this case to the board to resolve. Facebook seeks to avoid its responsibilities and the board declines Facebook's request as we talked about in the summary of the case. Uh, And I think that's it. Finally, we have these kinds of references to whether or not Facebook should be able to suspend people. As we've already talked about, they can repeatedly suspend people. And we get to the final summaries here that the board proposes. The case highlights further deficiencies in Facebook's policies that it should address. In particular, the board finds that Facebook's penalty system is not sufficiently clear to users and does not provide adequate guidance to regulate Facebook's exercise of discretion. That sentence highlighted in red is what we have talked about for now the better part of two years on virtual legality, that these platforms have terms of service, have arbitrary standards, have the ambiguity built in that allows them to take basically whatever action they want. Now you have a paid for oversight board from Facebook, one of the leaders in social media, effectively saying in bold that their rules aren't good enough, that for purposes of international standards, for purposes of freedom of expression, for purposes of the spirit of the First Amendment, if not its application, Facebook needs to get its stuff together and explain to its users better what triggers this kind of stuff. And I agree with the oversight board. Facebook should explain in its community standards and guidelines, its strikes and penalties process for restricting profiles, pages, groups, and accounts on Facebook and Instagram in a clear, comprehensive, and accessible manner. They don't do that right now. Facebook is judge, jury, and executioner, and they can do whatever they like, including to the ex-president of the United States. The Oversight Board says that's not okay. The Oversight Board says in this particular instance, you were right to do the suspension for a period of time. You get these headlines that say, hey, okay, Facebook, you were right. But more importantly, users can't suffer indefinite suspensions under your regime. You need to better define your rules and your procedures. And if you don't do so, you're going to continue to get decisions like this from the Oversight Board. Now, this isn't a court. Facebook could just ignore it. Facebook could disband it. Let's be honest. But with language like this and in as high profile a case as this one where reports are being made all over the place about the oversight board and Facebook's actions in this particular event. I do think that this is a significant situation and is important to those of you that follow virtual legality and talk about these contract terms because you've now got on record a board saying this isn't allowed and you've got a lot of other companies, whether it's Twitch or Twitter or YouTube or Google in general, Facebook gaming, obviously a part of Facebook, that have these arbitrary rights and powers that might have to look twice at it, especially if Facebook decides to take this advice on its face and change up the way that they operate. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy talking about the business and law of things like video games, music, movies, television, and of course, big technology, please consider supporting the channel through Patreon, Streamlabs, buying a shirt or mug from the store, or if none of those appeal to you, just subscribing, ringing the bell, upvotes, downvotes, and or telling your friends that we're having these conversations. If you watch this in YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.